Well, unless there is some unnatural deficiency, we are all growing and changing over time, every single one of us. One of the most significant aspects to our growth is our spirit or our attitude. And we must have a teachable spirit if we're going to mature in a way that God intends. We'll never grow without it. It's interesting to me, I I thought about Jesus. And you remember that reference in Luke 2, verse 52. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And I thought, that sounds like a teachable spirit to me. That was a perfect human being. And yet with a spirit that sounds teachable. And so to have a teachable spirit doesn't mean that simply that you're a, that you're a sinner and you're in a lowly, horrible place. It means that you're in a place where you're able, willing, able to grow and to progress. That's the place Jesus was in as a man. And that's the place that we need to be. And it doesn't really matter whether we're a a child, whether we're a student, whether we're a husband, whether we're a wife, an employee, an employer, Christian, church member, whatever the category, whatever we find ourselves in life, it really makes no difference. Progress and growth to fuller maturity requires a teachable spirit. And children and young people, this is for you as well. This isn't just for us old folks. Children need to hear this. Young people need to hear this. You need a teachable spirit. There is never a point at which any of us should outgrow a teachable spirit. Brother Dan, you need a teachable spirit. You're, you know, one of the granny. You need a teachable spirit. You know, the the oldest one in the group. Brother Jim, you need a te- you know, we never get to, I need a teachable spirit. We never outgrow that need. Scripture is clear about the need to be taught, isn't it? And the only way to be taught is if you're teachable. A frequent prayer to the Lord in the Psalms is, teach me. I mean, just type that in and look at the references. Teach me. And then there are other similar words. Instruct me. And teach me, O Lord. Moses was responsible to teach. In Exodus 24 and verse 12, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up. To me on the mountain and be there and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. Moses had to be teachable so that he could teach others and others had to be teachable so that they could be taught by Moses. Parents are to teach their children. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 7. And you shall carefully teach them to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you Walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Of course, parents can't teach what they haven't learned. So they must be have a teachable spirit, be taught, so that they may teach their children. And children, young people, you must have a teachable spirit to receive the things that are passed on to you by your parents. Ephesians 6 and verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And both of those words, nurture and admonition, have the idea of instruction in it in different ways. But that's the idea. Instructing, teaching children. And fathers have a, a great responsibility in regards to that. Elders are to teach. In fact, that's one of the qualifications. Apt, able to teach. 
First Timothy 5 and verse 17, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. And that word doctrine there could be translated teaching because that's the idea. The teaching, the instruction of the doctrine is the idea of that, of that word. Feed the flock. Feeding is teaching. Teaching and ministry gifts are to be exercised in the church. And of course, again, in all of these expressions, there must be the one who is taught to be able to teach, to be able to teach those who are being taught. And so there's the teachable spirit is fundamental for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. In Romans 12 and verses 6 through 8, you have this list of gifts, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. And then there's ministry and then there's teaching and then there's exhortation and there's liberality and there's mercy and all of these things. They're gifts that are given, but those gifts imply that there's a receiver of those gifts. There's a recipient which requires a teachable spirit. For those gifts to have any impact upon those upon whom those gifts are exercised. And what about older women? Older women are to teach younger women. And I think it's it's implied that older men are to teach younger men. Titus 2 4 says that they, older women, may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children and so forth. So older women have a responsibility to pass something on. It's something that they have learned from older women, that they have learned from older women, that they have learned. There's a teachable spirit that's required in the one's teaching and then to pass it on to those who have a teachable spirit. Second Timothy two and verses one and two. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast learned of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. There is this passing down from generation to generation. And the only way that that's possible is if there is a teachable spirit. And so the point of emphasis tonight is just that. A teachable spirit must be cultivated in each of us if we are going to profit and if we're going to grow in every area of life as Christians. We must not stagnate, we must not decline, and we must not strive with one another. Therefore, we need a teachable spirit. It's fundamental. We're going If we're going to benefit, if we're going to progress as a body of believers, as a church. By the way, the things that I'm saying tonight, I am particularly addressing Christians and our relationship within the church and within families, Christians within uh, the families. But the principles are applicable across the board. The fact of the matter is, if if I mean, you you guys who are in business or, or in management Have you found it very difficult to manage people who don't have a teachable spirit? You see, that's not just a Christian thing. In any area of life, if you don't have teachable spirits, you're not going to get very far. 
And then those who are in leadership positions who are trying to lead without a teachable spirit are going to stumble and fall, make a mess of things. It's required in every context of life that there be a teachable spirit if there's going to be progress. Okay, well then what is a teachable spirit? Let's think for a minute, try to define this. Mull this over just a little bit so we can get it into our minds what we're talking about. Webster defines teachable this way. Well, how would you find, define teachable? How about capable of being taught? That's the, that's the way Webster, when I saw that I thought, well, yeah, of course, I didn't need Webster for that. You know, teachable, capable of being taught, apt, and willing to learn. Apt and willing to learn. The 1828 Webster Dictionary adds this. Readily receiving instruction. And I would, I would add this. Able to receive and respond to righteous correction. A teachable spirit. Able to receive and respond. Maybe I should say respond well to righteous correction. James indicates that this is a fruit of wisdom. In James chapter 3 and verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. Gentle, and the New King James translates this next verse, uh, this next word, willing to yield. Willing to yield. Full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. But that idea there of willing to yield is a teachable spirit. The Old King James says, and I like that this translation, easily or easy to be entreated, or easily entreated. Easy to be entreated. Willing to yield. Open to reason. A.T. Robertson defines that word this way. Compliant. Approachable. We're thinking about a teachable spirit here. Albert Barnes says this about this word. The sense is that he who is under the influence of the wisdom which is from above is not a stiff, stern, obstinate, unyielding man or woman. He does not take a position and then hold it whether right or wrong. He's not a man on whom no arguments or persuasions can have any Influence. A teachable spirit is often commended in the Proverbs. I'll just give you a a sampling. Proverbs 1 and verse 5. A wise man will hear and increase learning. A wise man will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Proverbs 8, 32 through 34. Wisdom is speaking here. 
Now, therefore, listen to me. My children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my door. So what are you hearing about a teachable spirit? It listens, it hears. As someone has said, it's obvious we have two ears, one mouth. A teachable spirit listens, hears, not just the noise of a voice, not the, not just the noise of a teacher or the noise of someone talking, but actually hearing what's being said. Proverbs 10 and verse 8, the wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. Proverbs 12:15 The way of a fool is right in his own eyes but he who heeds counsel is wise so we're 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 hearing that this is a teachable spirit it's not one that simply hears he's one who heeds counsel see the way of a fool everything he thinks he's right he doesn't need your counsel I don't need anything from you. That's a fool. And that's an unteachable spirit. Proverbs 13 and verse 1. A wise son heeds his father's instruction. But a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Proverbs 23:19. Hear, my son, and be wise. And guide your heart in the way. A teachable spirit then is slow to speak, swift to hear. James tells us, uses those expressions. He doesn't say that's a teachable spirit, but putting these thoughts together from Proverbs and other places, other emphasis in Scripture, we can conclude that a teachable spirit is slow to speak, swift to hear, and seriously considers the perspective of others. Even when what you're not hearing at first meshes with what you have always known to be so. A teachable spirit. You are aware that God's purpose is for you to grow. And such growth involves the input of others that He has ordained in your life. Now we know that the Holy Spirit is the great counselor, the great teacher. But the Holy Spirit has taught a lot of other people besides you and me. And sometimes we are listening not to the Holy Spirit, but to an echo of our own thoughts. And we need to be careful about that. This is why a teachable spirit is so important. There are others. There are, there are parents that God has given to us. There are spouses that God has ordained in our lives. He's given those to us, teachers, pastors, elders, others, other brothers and sisters. And sometimes even those who are unregenerate. Didn't Jesus say on one occasion that the children of this world are wiser than the children of light? Didn't He say that? Am I misquoting Him? Isn't that, Charles, you're the 
quote man. Yeah. And it was in the context of, of, of finances, handling finances there, stewardship. And we can learn. There are things that you can learn. If you're on the job and, and your manager or somebody who has been at the job longer than you comes alongside of you and says, let me show you a better way to do that. You don't say, I'm a Christian. Who do you think you are? I can't learn anything from you. No, that, that's an unteachable spirit. Oh, you're, you're aware that there is growth that you need, and you should desire it actually. And so you're willing to make adjustments. And again, I'm, I'm you know, the, the applications are very broad here. But I'm thinking in regards to the Christian life in particular. You're willing to make adjustments that make biblical and practical sense. Not simply to conform to the pressure of a dominant teacher or influencer, but to live according to God's wisdom. And so I think we would all agree if we have thought about this idea of a teachable spirit, that it is the fruit of humility in both the teacher and the taught. Wouldn't you agree that this is fundamental? The spirit of humility. And we're not talking about a, a gullible and shifting kind of mindset or spirit where every wind of doctrine that comes along you just say, okay, I'll go that way because I want to have a teachable spirit or, or I'll go, you know, where, wherever anybody leads me, I'll go. That's, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. It's not following the latest new philosophy. The, the latest new twist on theology, and there's lots of that in our world. But you are aware that God has taught others through history, through the thousands of years in which He has taught His people. And we know we must learn and grow from the things that He has taught others. And so a teachable spirit in a believer is one that is yielded to the instruction of the Spirit through Scripture and the insights and examples of godly and more mature brothers and sisters. It is a spirit, this spirit, this teachable spirit that heeds the exhortation of Proverbs 3 and verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. It would probably be good to meditate on statements like that in Scripture. Proverbs 26 and verse 12. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And so there are the teachers and then there are the taught and while more mature, older believers are typically taking the places of teacher, especially in some sort of official capacity, and we can say this in the home as well with parents, it isn't ordinarily, that the, at least I hope not, that the children are teaching the parents. Hopefully it's the other way around. That's ordinarily the way it should be. The more mature ones teaching the less mature ones. 
And yet even those of us who are in that older, more mature category of believers, we know that we're still learning. But because we're still learning doesn't keep us from humbling ourselves enough to be willing to lovingly and patiently pass along what God has given to us to someone else. Isn't that interesting to think of it that way? See, sometimes we think of teaching as more of a more of an arrogant, proud, lofty uh I'm the know-it-all position. But I, I believe if we're thinking properly, we're continually in that place of having that teachable spirit. We're simply passing along what we see that God has taught us at this, at this moment. Understanding that it's possible we could be missing something still. But we're willing to take that The word chance blows our minds, doesn't it? How about risk? We're able to, you know, we're risking the possibility of even having to be corrected as a teacher. But we're willing, that's why I say willing to humble ourselves in order to pass along what we believe God has taught us. So those who are less mature, younger, Believers, And then the less mature and younger believers are to be responsive. If you have a teachable spirit, you're responsive, responsive to the input of word of the words and the example of older believers. This is one of the things that sometimes is a trouble spot in well, in families um, with children. Thinking that they know more than their parents do. I mean, if you just really stop and think about that for just one little second, you'll see how foolish that is to think that with your limited amount of life experience, you know more than your parents do. It just really doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't. And that doesn't mean that you don't know something that your parents haven't thought about. It's just simply they've lived life longer. I I thought back over my own life and honestly, if I could go back, one thing that I believe that uh, I would correct is I probably would have would listen. I would have listened more to my parents, even as an adult, to some of the things that they were passing along to me. But I thought I knew better than they. Which is crazy. And I know that it's possible that you can mature to the point where you're if your parents, especially if they're not believers or or, or maybe just just they're, they're they're not progressing, they're not growing. It's possible for for a child to become an adult and surpass their parents in wisdom and understanding of Scripture. So I'm not trying to lock anybody into anything here. I'm just saying that we need to maintain a teachable spirit no matter where we are in the progression of our lives. And pride is the great enemy of a teachable spirit. And that's not a great revelation to you, is it? Both in the teacher and the taught, pride is a great enemy. Proverbs 13 and verse 10, by pride comes nothing but strife. By pride comes nothing but strife. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 15.12, a scoffer, the arrogant one, a scoffer does not love one who corrects him, nor will he go to the wise. 
That's a scoffer. That's pride. A teachable spirit then is a correctable spirit. And pride will always be resistant. A a gentleman, I'll not use his name because I don't think anybody will know him. I didn't know him, but I did put his name down here because I didn't say this. He did. And I thought it was good. When one thinks he has arrived, he has no grasp of how truly distant he is from his destination. When one thinks he has arrived, he has no grasp of how truly distant he is from his destination. But if you do not have a teachable spirit, you are prone to think you have arrived. I want to give you a a list here of some characteristics of a teachable, unteachable spirit and teachable spirit. I this list comes from David Murray, and it's not a list that I put together, but I thought it was helpful. Now, let me just work through this list and I'll read through them slowly. And I can even put them out to you um, by email so that you can read them over again. But first, the idea of unteachability. How do you know if you have an unteachable spirit? And here are some some markers. You don't ask questions or attempt anything that might reveal your ignorance or risk you looking stupid. Another one, you don't accept responsibility for your failures, but blame anyone and everyone else. We heard that in the lesson from Genesis this morning. An unteachable spirit. You don't accept responsibility for your failures, but blame anyone and everyone else. Another one, don't, you don't seek or accept one-to-one personal guidance or mentoring from parents, teachers, pastors, elders, or really anyone. You don't seek it and you don't accept it. That's an unteachable spirit. You see, all of these things I've, I've had to weigh my own mind and heart over. And by the way, this is not to heap a bunch of condemning guilt on anyone. This is to help you. Because if you have a teachable spirit, you are going to advance. You're going to grow. You're going to go way beyond where you are. But an unteachable spirit is going to stunt your growth. Another one. You don't listen, but talk, talk, talk about yourself, especially when you're with someone you could learn a lot from. An unteachable spirit. Have you ever caught yourself motor mouthing it and all of a sudden it strikes you? 
I haven't listened to a word that person that I'm talking to. I haven't, I haven't listened to a thing they've said. Or you've been on the other end and thought, well, this person thinks they know everything. And they're not interested in a thing that I have to say. An unteachable spirit. You don't take criticism or correction without resentment or retaliation. A scoffer does not love one who corrects him. Nor will he go to the wise. You don't take criticism or correction without resentment or retaliation. And it's hard. You, you, again, this is pride is there in every single one of us. And it's wanting to take over. It's wanting to grow. And it's not easy to receive criticism and correction. But when we feel that, that resistance within us, it should help us. It should be sort of that alarm that God has placed within us to let us see, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Be careful here. Be teachable. Here's one more. An unteachable spirit. You don't read, listen to, or learn anything that challenges existing presuppositions, practices, and prejudices. Is it possible that you've drawn some wrong conclusions in your life? Is it possible that you need to see something more clearly? When is the last time that happened to you? I mean, for me, it's been recent, very recent. Has it happened to you where you've been challenged and you've rethought something that you had perhaps even become very firm on? You, I know this is so, but then you've been challenged like, Maybe not. Now, I'm not saying that should happen with everything. But an unteachable spirit is not open to evaluate. In contrast, teachability. And this is where every one of us ought to be. We've got, what, 63 members or so in Community Baptist Church. All 60 some odd members ought to have this teachability that's and at some stage of progress going on in our lives, okay? You're aware of the limitations of your own knowledge and abilities. That's kind of a major statement there. You're aware. I think it may be better to say you're aware that there are limitations. Because I don't know that any of us are aware of the limitations of our own knowledge and abilities. I mean, where those limitations are brought to light... We see them, but we don't see them until they're brought to light. But we know we have them, don't we? At least we should know that we have them because we're, we're, we're human. We're, we're finite. Teachability means that you admit limitation, inability, and ignorance to others who can teach and help. And that requires humility to, for me to say to you, whether I, maybe I don't verbalize it, but at least in my mind I'm listening to you and thinking, I can learn from you. 
you regularly ask for help, instruction, guidance, and advice before the event, not after disaster strikes. Well, that was a total flop. Say, could you help me here? No, ask ahead of time before you go into whatever it is. Get counsel. There is wisdom in a multitude of counselors, right? But a an unteachable, a proud spirit, an unteachable spirit doesn't seem to need that or think they need that. A teachable, a spirit of teachability means that you learn from anyone and everyone that you can. Do you believe that you can learn something from anyone and everyone? Now, we might be able to pull up an exception to that. Okay? But that needs to generally be our mindset. This David Murray wrote this, The best educated pastor I know writes notes for his own benefit even when listening to a novice preacher. I read of another fellow who I quoted earlier who said that he met with his mentor who was 20 some odd years beyond him in age. And this man was up around 80 years old or so. And as they met together, his mentor, this was his mentor. He was asking his student questions and writing down the answers that his student was giving to him as if it mattered what his student was saying so that he could retain it and think about it later. It meant something to him. In other words, he wasn't just the teacher. He was teachable. That's the kind of spirit that we need. The kind of spirit where you know that you can learn from anyone and everyone. Even somebody that you know, you know. I mean, and it would be, it would be a, it wouldn't be a proud statement to say that you know a lot more than they do. It wouldn't be a proud statement for you to say that. But even though you know that that's so, if you are interacting with that person with the mindset, I can learn something from them. You're going to be the beneficiary for that. And I would say also that's going to open the door for you to benefit that person more than you would otherwise. Teachability. Teachability. You listen to others carefully and patiently with a desire to learn. You're willing to change your views and practices When convincing evidence is presented to you, even if it means admitting you were wrong. Teachability. And so what is, what are some of the fruits of a teachable spirit? Just quickly here, just give you several thoughts. The first thing that I thought about, and then I noticed others were referencing him as well, is the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, this is an unconverted person who had a teachable spirit. So, if you're not born again here, if you're still not converted, 
you need to have a teachable spirit. The Ethiopian eunuch had one. And so that he asked a question, didn't he? He didn't read Isaiah with all kinds of, I know what this is talking about. He wasn't sure what it was talking about. And he asked a question. Who's the prophet talking about? And he came to know Jesus, didn't he? He had a teachable spirit. Well, that makes sense. Jehovah himself says that he he dwells with the contrite spirit, the humble spirit, the teachable spirit. The Ethiopian eunuch was willing to admit he didn't know. Philip then was able to open the scriptures to him and teach, preach Jesus to him. And he came to know Jesus. That was a fruit of a teachable spirit. You're going to avoid painful and unnecessary failures in your life if you have a teachable spirit. Because you heed the instruction of others. You heed the warnings of others. You're not stubborn. Stubbornness typically leads to greater difficulty in life. You've heard people say, you know, well, I'm one of those that, you know, I, I have to learn by hard knocks. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a lifestyle learner, you know. Well, that's, that's a hard way to learn. And it really isn't necessary for you to go into the depths of difficulty to learn. If you have a teachable spirit, oh, the things that you can avoid that you otherwise would have to experience. Arrogance always gets in the way of making the best choices in life. And so I would encourage you, don't let pride blind you to needless pitfalls. But I would also say this to you if you're a child of God. Hear the Lord's. He will even use pitfalls if necessary for your good. And that's happened with me in my life. And uh, I don't say that to encourage you into pitfalls. I'm just saying the Lord loves his own so much that he's going to teach us however it's necessary to teach us. Sometimes it is even through pitfalls. The fruit of a teachable spirit. You are better equipped. And this is especially to those of you who are younger and are learning Maintain that teachable spirit. I tell you, the world will try to influence you away from this teachable spirit. But if you will maintain a teachable spirit, and you will really seek to maintain that, seek to have that, seek to continue to, to cultivate a teachable spirit. And parents, model that to your children. Model that to your fathers. Model that to your, to your families. Actually inter- interact with your wife. In a way that she sees that you have a teachable spirit. You know, darling, you're right about that. Boy, that'd probably shock some wives, huh? You know? But that's a teachable spirit. Is it possible for your wife to have some insight that maybe you didn't quite have? Yeah, it's possible. And by the way, wives, it's possible for your husband to know a few things. You need to have a teachable spirit as well. Not to be resistant and always... Always, always kicking against the leadership of your husband, but a teachable spirit. That's, that's that humility, that meek and quiet spirit that Peter talks about, that wives are to cultivate. But I would say that it's not something that's to be absent from husbands as well, at least that the humble spirit. 
where we're teachable. But we'll be better equipped to live life, the life that God intended, making choices under the wise counsel of God-ordained gifts in your life. Who has God given you in your life as a, as a teacher? I mean, think about who is in your life. Now, there are those who are strategically placed into your life as teachers. It may be your parents. You know, it, it may be a teacher. It may be a pastor, elders. It may be a brother or, or sister. But the fact of the matter is, there are many unofficial teachers, right? If we're truly teachable, we're learning from everyone. Sometimes we're learning the way not to do something. Sometimes we're learning the way to do something. But we're always, always in a place of being taught. If you have a teachable spirit, the fruit of it is this. This is the last one that I'll mention. The fruit of a teachable spirit is one is the is the is the peaceable fruit of righteousness that comes in response to the discipline, to the instruction of a father, of our Heavenly Father. As His providence works in our lives to bring us along to the place that He wants us to be. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness, not to everyone, but to those who have been trained or exercised by it. That's the response of a teachable spirit. And in Proverbs 15, verses 31 to 33, the ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul But he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. So do you have a teachable spirit? I hope you do. And if you do, you know you have room to grow. And and I don't... I don't mean that in just some sort of generic expression. Well, sure, everybody's got room. No, but I, I have room. There's things that I don't know yet. There's, there's places to which I need to go. I, I have not yet arrived. And if you have a teachable spirit, you know that God will use various means in that growth, including the mutual edification that comes from one another in the church and also in your family. And so so growth as a church requires that every single member, including leaders, have a teachable spirit and maintain that teachable spirit. So that we're actually able to listen to one another, engage with one another, with that kind of spirit that maybe they've seen something I haven't seen yet. And it's not necessarily that we have to just confess right away to somebody, oh yeah, you're right on that one, but but you ponder it. 
Think about it. I have heard some things sitting here from people who have taught up here that I've sort of scratched my proverbial head over. Has that happened with you? Kind of like, yeah, I'm not so sure about that one. Has that ever happened when you've heard me preaching or teaching? I'm not so sure about that one. And I've actually had some of you come to me with questions. Not with a bad spirit, but just, what about this? And you said this, but I'm not sure about... And there's an interaction that goes on, you see. That, I believe, is a healthy church. Where we all have that kind of spirit. We, we, we have someone who is going through some great pains, really, to put together some lessons, a symposium. June, what date is it? Uh, on, on home education. Education. It's the, one of the Saturdays in June. June th- it's in the bulletin, right? June... No, it's not. June 3rd? June 3rd. How should you be thinking about that? Well, what does she know? You know? Or, you know, I don't really need any help. Well, you don't know you need help until you know you need help. You ever thought about that? There may be something that you need that you don't even know you need. But if you take advantage of the things that are offered in the context of a church. Not just, you know, of course, in our regular services, but in the extracurricular things that, that go on. We're, we're seeking to be a help to one another. Not to pontificate over one another. Not to say, this is fill in the blank. There's no other way to think here. But to engage with one another. Teachable spirits require humble spirits. And I pray that for me and I pray that for you. I want to have a teachable spirit. I want Community Baptist Church to grow. I want it to be an environment in which we grow together. And I believe that's going to happen if this kind of spirit exists and is cultivated. Don't be resistant. Um, you know, if someone comes to you, even with a corrective word, um, be open to the possibility that you really do need correcting. If somebody comes to you with an instructive word, be open to the possibility that you really do need to be instructed. And I would say, be humble enough to risk. And it is risky, isn't it? Sometimes to go to people. And to engage and to open your mouth. Sometimes the easiest thing to do is keep your mouth shut. I said earlier, a teachable spirit is slow to speak. But a teachable spirit doesn't mean you don't speak at all. That may be a proud spirit. That's just afraid to mess up. Or afraid to be exposed. You know, sometimes we do need to open up our mouths in order to be helped. And I think all of that is part of a teachable spirit.